0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I am W. McDougal. as always, and joined by Dr. Hoji Delector and John Sheeran. And guys, we have probably the best guest for any show in any time for any oh, yeah. team, for anything, yeah, guys. We have Joe Goodberry on the show. He is okay, and uh, Joe Goodberry is 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 a brilliant analyst. He's a charismatic, fun guy. He he's just he's just the perfect guest. So thank Fantastic. you so much for joining us
2: again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you guys for having me
0: again. Yeah, it's great to have you on.
2: Joe. it's great to be here because you guys are the best uh puppet bengals podcast out there 100 that's right that's, right. that's my number
0: one it's the number
3: yeah.
2: one yeah.
3: yeah number
2: one yeah i don't like to brag but
1: we are on the only bengals podcast called the number one Bengals. but but look joe we have five people watching the show right now and yeah. uh, you know I'm, that's that's great i mean those are record-breaking you know uh, kind of <laughs> ratings but uh, from what i've gathered that is basically just your household Right. I mean, because I know that your daughter watches the show and and then you have a big family. So I'm assuming it's just your family watching us.
2: Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. There is five people in here, my wife and I and three kids. And uh, yeah, the youngest, I, you know, I'll have YouTube going a lot and I subscribe to your channel, your YouTube channel, as everyone should. But the videos will come across and just automatically play. And she stops every time and just like I, I notice her. She's just watching the TV, doesn't know what's going on. I'm sure she's four. She doesn't really care about football, but the puppets keep her going. Yeah, the kids, they love exactly. the puppets.
1: Joe, so but basically, we don't have a, a topic for the show other than Joe Goodberry. That's oh, the topic great. of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But yeah, well, uh, hold a probably, but I was just going to say, yeah, so if you have something in mind you want to talk about, because I know you've been in retirement for about, you know, about five or ten years, and you, you probably, I don't know how much you know about the team. We have a new quarterback. His name is Joe Burrow. I mean, there's a lot you yeah. need to catch up on. Yeah, but I mean, anything that you feel like talking about is, is, is fair game. Can I,
3: Can uh, I? Can I? Can I ask Joe Hoji, the first question? Can I ask Joe the first question? Joe, Please. Joe, yeah. So Joe, what we all love about your Twitter feed, which we hear you might start monetizing, and that's a little bit concerning, <laughs> uh, though I'm really in it for all the Marvel posts and those things, so it sounds like that content's going to be free, so I'll be fine. But what we love is that you've had times of great foresight where you have seen things that the Bengals should do, and then we later saw that they should, and there was stuff I agreed with you with. The, the, I believe you're y- shifting away from Andy Dalton, for example. Question. You have one minute, you have Mike Brown's ear for the upcoming season, the changes that must be made. You have one minute and Mike Brown says, Joe Goodberry, I'm listening. What do you tell him? From this point.
2: So we already have this coaching staff. There's no going back. You have
3: everything. Everything is what it is.
2: Right. And you this Yeah. From this right. day forward. You say you have to attack free agency. You have to get offensive linemen in here. And I think they already know that. I think that's going ha- to happen to happen. But uh, I would say you can't create more holes, which is Carl Lawson, William Jackson, maybe even Mackenzie Alexander, guys like that. You don't want to lose them in order to be forced to make draft picks at that spot in like round two or round three. Premium picks at corner or edge rusher because you're replacing those guys would do nothing for you for this season. So I would say attack free agency, stay aggressive, and be open-minded going into the draft. I think you look at their like 2010 to 2013-ish drafts, they were BPA picks for the most part. They had 10 picks per draft. They could go in there and you'd be like, oh yeah, Marvin Jones in the fifth round, great, because he's BPA. And then they started shifting to, well, we need a Will Clark. Well, we need a Russell Bodine. Well, we need a, a starting corner. We need a starting center. And I think that has killed their drafts in the recent years. So I don't want them to be in that position again. I don't want them to sit there and say, well, we left one hole open on the offensive line. Here, number five pick is the offensive lineman, no matter who's there.
3: That's interesting. So you got you have a sort of draft philosophy that's kind of like when you go to a like a garage sale, you don't go to a garage sale, hoping that you're going to find what you need. You go to a garage sale, seeing what the best thing is that they have. And then you pick that thing. But what do you do about the stuff you need then? I mean, because the stuff we really need, then what do we do?
2: Yeah, and that, that's like going grocery well, like, shopping when you're hungry, right? If you go hungry, you're going to spend $350. If you, if you go after play. a meal, you're going to pick yeah, the you things guys, you need
1: yeah. and that you want. Yeah. You guys are going to the wrong grocery stores. I just want to clarify. And also, the garage sales, you can actually find everything. Even your your wedding outfit, you can find you can <laughs> find anything at the garage sale. You guys are going about these. It's very bad economic investments, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but okay, so Joe, so look, here's the thing. We know the Bengals hate spending On offensive linemen. They're not going to go give $15 million to a guy. Let's be honest, right? I mean, okay. If I you think look at the history, I continue, it's I continue, the history I of freedom. I think they might have to. No, I was just do. gonna say, I, I think they, I think they should, but I think they're going to find a way to spin this to say, look, we're going to settle for this guard, and he's the guy we really wanted, and he happened to be available for like eight or ten million dollars, right, Joe? I mean, I don't think they're gonna go above that. I mean, the reader signing last year and the Trey Wayne's one just blew my mind; it was so shocking. I, I don't know if that's a one-time thing or if there's, just, but other than those two signings, we've never really. I mean, there's that one, what was that, uh, Antonio Bryant or whatever. It was a guy, that the receiver they signed, maybe that was a big signing. It's just so rare for them it to is. go pay market value for a top guy. So, I mean, who we have to be realistic. Who are those guards that can bring in that would be a starter caliber, average guard or better?
2: I think it could be a guy like Cam Robinson of Jacksonville, and he has not performed up to, I think, his potential. I believe it was a second-round pick for Jacksonville out of Alabama four years ago now. And I, I could see that being like an $8 million, $9 million kind of guy that they're like, hey, he's here's our tackle who's only – and he's still young. I believe he's like 26, which is the ideal range you should be wanting to play in. But I would come away like – all right, you spend some money, and I know fans would. there'll be a lot of fans that would get happy about that, but I'd be like, not sure you're actually upgrading. I'm not sure you're actually getting much better there. Sure, you spent money, and that's that's kind of been the thing, right? When they have spent money, even last year, it was like, Ah, Waynes is not that good. What are they doing? Reader is a nose tackle. What are they doing? Uh, you know, are you telling me Xavier Suafilo is going to fix this entire offensive line? Uh, it was even in the year spending money, you have to question how they spend it. So I think you're valid there. And saying, it's just not a monetary thing. It's, are they going in the correct direction, right? Are they, are they pulling this team in a way that you see the top teams saying, okay, yeah, the Bengals may not invest in in a guard, but these other teams will. So I think, do the Bengals need to finally forfeit some of their constraints that they put on themselves? And say, okay, Joe Tooney or, or Brandon Scherf, we know you're going to make thirteen million dollars a year. We know it's going to cost us twenty five to thirty million dollars in guaranteed money. Something the Bengals don't give out, but you have to bite the bullet and do it if you're protect yeah. if you're protecting your franchise quarterback.
0: But I- I'm so happy you mentioned yeah. Cam Robinson, like because. I think the, the comparison to Wayne's is so direct because Mm -hmm. like they can, they'll spend money to get Cam Robinson because it'll cost money and then they can justify like, yeah, we spend money, but is it actually, are you actually getting the value with that? Cam Robinson's interesting though, because like, he played with Jonah Williams in college and he was left tackle and that was the one year that Jonah was the right tackle and that's actually an interesting debate because we had Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator say a couple days ago like yeah we're not really interested in moving Jonah to guard that might not be the best thing for him but like is there a way that you can build this offensive line like are, are, you, are you focused on keeping Jonah left tackle at all costs or are you open to moving him around because because if you get Cam Robinson in all likelihood you play him at left tackle and put Jonah right. Right and I could see
2: I love the Wayne's comparison there because even if Robinson got like $12 million, Year, I think Track has them, or, or over the cap, one of the two has them projected at a much higher rate. It'd be a situation where the Bengals go like four years, forty-eight million dollars, right, and only guarantee fifteen million of it. Something another team would not do. So they they pay maximum value per year, but don't give a lot of guaranteed money. That seems like now, if like the doctor said, if we're yep. you know being a gypsy or a, um, a a fortune teller here, and that happens, you can come back to this segment right here and say, yeah, we, we kind of warned you guys. Uh, and I told John a, a long time ago uh, that would be the that that's the Twitter account that's going to blow up is the fortune telling draft analyst, and I, I think uh, John's got a good gift of that too. Yeah, John's, yeah. Had, John's oh, had some real winners yeah. with his get with his uh,
3: predictions. I, on the other yeah, hand, no, have I mean it's funny. So I've, I've been very unlucky with my <laughs> predictions and picks. It's very sad, but I think it's because yeah. my method is very different from you guys. I watch the video and I go with my gut. Mm. My 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 gut was right That's about the but I also thought Tua, Tua was going to be great. I was wrong about Tua. I really thought Tua was going to be special. He's great. got time. He does. Yeah. Uh, I, I will. Yeah, I will say that John
1: and Joe and other guests that we've had on have been way ahead of the Bengals in terms of evaluation of the offensive line, the draft picks. I feel like the the draft Twitter is often. Better. I mean, Orlando Brown maybe is one exception. There's some cases here and there, but I think the draft Twitter is 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 better in evaluating offensive line than the Bengals. Sometimes
0: it's truly not hard. Uh, but, it, it really isn't. Yeah, <laughs> like unfortunately. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> I want to take just a second to talk about eBay. It's a marketplace. They said vintage. pre-owned, rare, vintage, and retro. Vintage, vintage. So, Joe, so, uh, whether you want rare, dot dead stock. Or latest release, find the exact shoe. Excuse me, me daddy. Look you for. say dead skunk. Can you go back? No, okay. i mean, you're not okay. <laughs> Rare dead, is stuck. dead okay. skunk. Okay, dead is stuck. Hold on, let me show you a picture of dead. You see that? Nope, unless that. De- oh, there dead. we go. Dead skunk. So, this okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Look, as the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place you go to cop the pair you've been buying. Okay, and, uh, and with eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verified the box, logos, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker receives authenticity guarantee, includes digital stamp of authenticity, and protects sellers with verified return prices. Guys, if sneaker sellers are out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more. That's crazy. 100, that's like 10 shoes. Or do they mean each shoe is 100? More. Do they mean there
3: yeah. Oh. Okay. Nowadays, so they, they have hundred dollars for sneakers. I bought Kanye's sneakers. They were so expensive. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So more than I mean, he, he got me in the corner. He pushed but me. But bought-
1: that means it's free. So that means it's free to sell or flip your collection. I didn't know they charge for flipping shoes. I, oh, mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe some game. I don't know. But yeah. So guys, go to eBay.com slash sneakers day. eBay, that, the world's best your-
3: destination for discovering great value mm-hmm. in your collection. Yeah. Daddy, what's this? Uh, this copy you gave me here. It says, uh, "Also, the show wants to wish everybody a happy Kim Jong Il day." It's February sixteenth. It's Kim Jong Il's birthday, and we s- and the factory, happy time factory. What is this, Daddy? You sold out, man. Well, uh, no, it's just, well, eBay
1: um, eBay pays well, okay, but the show has a lot of costs. I mean, just bringing in Joe is going to is going to break the budget for this month. But look, but here's the thing. Okay, look, look, okay, Joe, I want to go back for a second. The reason I was asking about guards is because I think that uh, Panini Siver is going to be available, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Wow. He, he tweeted something about the Bengals fans or who they or something, he, he, he liked the picture of Joe Burrow, and he uh, – what else did he do? He also follows a lot of Bengals coaches and players like Paul Alexander and, and former player Willie Anderson, and I think I heard he follows Joe Burrow and whatever. I think he knows something. I think he knows that the teams ahead of the Bengals are not going to take him, and the Bengals are going to take him. So I think we're going to have a left tackle, you know, cornerstone. And then, you know, but Jonah obviously know on that? the right. Uh, what do you can, think?
3: Can he know that really? I mean,
0: is it up to him? He's is he, he also? A, is he yeah, also like yeah. knows? Does yeah. he also know the future? Is he just one of us? Yeah, is he mm. a prognostic?
3: Yeah, because I mean, like really, okay. it's not up to him. he's a high. He's a highly sought. He is to the draft what my Kanye sneakers are to sneakers. I mean, he's very highly sought, very expensive, and yeah. uh, I don't know if it's completely up to him where he goes. I I, I think he's gone. By by, we had a chance before Joe, we were okay, no. he's Five, but but Joe is the is the
2: guy. So Joe
1: yeah but joe look no i just want to say look okay yeah go ahead what do you think yeah, yeah joe, joe
2: penny sewell's good i mean joe. what else is there to say other than i think uh i think some have anointed him as maybe a can't miss or a generational prospect i don't or i would say maybe generational prospect prospect and player for me are two different things player is how you have performed up to this point or or what i think your abilities are right now what can you can you do what can't you do how often do you struggle? How often do you get be? You know, how often do you make impact plays? Right. That is a, a how good a player is. A prospect takes in everything into account: your size, your your athleticism, your age, your production, your your whole profile, and projecting them into the NFL and projecting how good they're going to be into the NFL, which is different from college, especially for more, maybe more so for some positions than others. So when you look at Sewell, he is a good player. He is a great prospect. Two different things. Because when you watched him at Oregon, you got to remember, he was 18 years old for a lot of this film. And, of course, a guy that's 18 isn't going to be as finely tuned as someone that's 22 years old if we're comparing him to a Christian Derisaw, right? So you're going to see him. It's weird with him because he gets beat – but he doesn't give up the pressure of the sack because he's such a freak because he's huge because he's athletic. So he gets his hand knocked down and it really doesn't matter because he gets, he gets his other hand in there or he recovers or he's so wide to get around that it takes Zach Bond too long to get around to actually affect the quarterback. So, you, you know, you, you look at him and say, okay, so there's some things that you have to work on with him. He needs to develop. And if I think going into this year before he opted out, the conversation was he's going to be a lock for like a top three pick. But whenever you say that for a year in advance, it's if it's always the caveat, he's going to be a lock for the number one pick. It's going to be a lock for a top three pick. If he takes the necessary progression steps that we project based on what he's done in two years, three years, whatever he's played. Uh, Because we don't get that year of development with Sewell. We don't know, you kind of have to go back a step and say, okay, so where was he based on tape? He's probably worth a top eight pick or so when you start to put in the whole profile, the projection and everything, he's definitely worth a top five pick. And I think if he's there, it's the pick and it's a slam dunk. And we really don't have to worry about it. And and I don't know if that means he plays left tackle or right tackle, because I think you could do either because he's so yeah. young. and are have to develop him so much anyways that you're going to say, okay, you're at right tackle. So We got Jonah for at least two more years, probably uh, three more years. And say, Sewell, you're going to play right tackle and uh, you're going to learn and train at that position. You're, you got to teach him as much anyways if you're going to put him at left, in my opinion, because the guy is so young. But also, yeah. Go ahead, John. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So like, like what just said. Because back, like this time last year, he was already touted as this, this all, this all-world tackle. And there's no, there's nowhere to go but down from there, right? Like he, he can only be the first overall pick in terms of like raising that stock. So naturally, everything after that is going to be, you know, slight nitpicking. That's kind of what we've seen over the past month or so. And and it, and had Sewell played. In 2020, all these questions that we have about him, they're probably not questions anymore because a guy like him who who has the profile of the athleticism and the size and everything, those issues on tape, they probably aren't issues anymore in 2020. And then all those questions kind of get erased. So that's that's really what it comes down to with the Bengals, because usually they, when they take a guy this high, there's not a lot of questions with them. Think AJ Green, think Joe Burrow. Sewell has more questions than both those guys as prospects. But had he played, we might not have those questions. So it's really going to be, are they going to just bet on the potential? Or are they going to take a guy that they're a little bit more sure of?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree, John. I mean, I, it reminds me of a great prospect, you know, that I drafted. You know, he's like eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, you know, it was a big risk, you know, uh, hiring fun. him to an uh, intern. Yeah, he was he was actually too young to be employed, so we just yeah. made him an intern, and we were stuck with that arrangement up until now. Talking about
0: John Sheeran, guys. Yeah,
3: look, here's the thing:
1: drafted because I didn't have a choice. Yeah,
3: yeah it's drafted right. in, like, and conscripted. Like, <laughs> I more,
0: think more yeah. the military draft than like actual Vietnam.
3: Vietnam. right? Yeah,
2: You know, that's why yeah. you want to be young because the younger they are, the more accepting they are of indoctrination. Oh, yeah. so, oh, I've Matt. still
0: yet to hit my breakout age. That's true. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they get used to the abuse and then they don't take they, right, like exactly. a mental estate where they don't want to break away from it. Yeah. So, okay, look, J- Joe, let's just say C-Well is gone or they don't want to take the risk and they don't want to go with pits. They don't want to go with the tight end. There's so much debate about this receiver thing. I know where John stands. It's it's Jamar Chase. There's no question. Where do you stand on the top receiver that the Bengals should
2: target? Again, we got to define prospect versus player because I think if we were to look at Waddle and Smith and compare him to Chase as a player, we'd come out and say, and it's close. It's really, really close. They all can do... A lot of good things. I mean, you don't get that productive and win the Heisman for Devonta Smith, unless you are a very good player. And I think he can come in and at least his floor is pretty high. Waddle, even though he was injured, I think he could be better than Smith, to be honest, if he was healthy the whole year. I mean, there's the th- the speed and the, the ability to, to make these grabs in contested situations is a rare combo. So a lot of teams are going to want him. And Jamar Chase, what he did a year ago with Joe Burrow was just fantastic. He was the number one receiver in the country for a reason, because he is very good at a young age. Now, when you wrap that all together and you start to build a prospect profile, I don't think it's even close. I think Jamar Chase is the number one receiver in this draft because of what he did at that age. Being 19 years old when and breaking out at that age and yeah. averaging 19 yards per catch with Justin Jefferson, who we know what he did in the NFL, and they still were featuring Jamar Chase in many of those games as the outside number one type receiver and Jefferson was the slot guy, probably skewed our value and the NFL's value of Jefferson wrongly, but You know, I think you can look at it and and count it twice and say, well, that's because Jamar Chase was that good. And I think we go back and we look and we build this profile of when a guy breaks out at that age, when he's that productive at that age, when he can be a deep threat. But yet, you know what, if you talk to a lot of people, they they view him as like a contested, strong, sure-hand type guy. I've seen people compare him like Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden cannot run with Jamar Chase. Anquan Bolden is is not going to average 20 yards per catch. I think Jamar Chase is going to run a four four five and be the fastest guy on this receiving core. He's your number one. He's your number one, and it opens everything up for Higgins and Boyd. You okay. think Higgins and Boyd were good last year? Wait until the defense has to tilt their coverage towards uh, Jamar Chase and see how much better and how much bigger the windows are, how much more separation everyone gets, and how much of an impact it has not on Joe Burrow but this entire offense. I'm sold. Still-
1: okay, well, that's, that's something I want <laughs> to talk glasses. to. I, uh, I want him.
2: Uh, I want my Jamar yeah. Chase. Well,
1: okay, well, just oh. – Real quick, real quick, Pitts or Chase, if you have the choice. Chase. I still
2: I still take Chase, but man, we should have a conversation about Pitts because Pitts, what he does at tight end is freaky. And I know like every five years or so, we're talking about some freak tight end that deserves to be a top 10 pick. I'm not sure he's i mean kellen winslow to me is what i think of and and he didn't work out because he might have been a bit crazy but pitts is really really a freak man he looks like darren waller he looks like these guys that you cannot cover in today's nfl you're going to split him out and he's not just a tight end he's a wide receiver i mean he's odd and tate at wide receiver and then you can put him in at tight end and stretch the middle of the field, stretch the seam, and he averaged 17 yards per catch. I mean, he for all intents and purposes would be your number 1. He's going to get 10 to 12 targets a game and you're going to move him around. You're going to flex him out, you're going to okay. 3 by 1 formations with him by himself and the, the three receivers on the other side and think I did, of that fun. I, I want that back. Wait, 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 hold on. So, so, you can only have one,
0: Hoji. I only want have him. one
1: top draft pick. Yeah. Uh, you just so Joe doesn't get misquoted,
0: just so just so Joe doesn't get misquoted, we, we just just to clarify, he can ru- Kyle Pitts can run past Auden Tate like like that.
2: Oh yeah, run, run, like Auden run, Tate right. running a
1: yeah. four six five. Yeah. He's saying his hands. He's saying his hands are like uh, Auden he.
2: Tate. Well, I mean, he big body contested catch like crazy catches catch radius. Yeah. is Auden Tate. But Auden Tate can't hold a candle to him in terms of route running, um, speed, right. and, and agility. I mean, honestly, he—if you lined up all the receivers and Auden Tate and t- uh, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Kyle Pitts, Pitts is their most athletic guy, and he's a tight end. So let me look, we look, look. look, because you yeah,
3: know, because Joe, you know. Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow is not a he, 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 that range of where that of the tight end being closer is is what works for Joe Burrow. Anyways, why don't we just get him, and and, and he could be the gronks to his, you know. Uh, to his to the Brady like like that, that relationship I love it
2: make it could work yeah, I uh, how it could work. Yeah.
3: look yeah look look
1: uh, Joe hold on you're talking about uh, tilting the the coverage because of his speed you're talking about Jamar Chase we had John Ross I know John Ross all the issues whatever and Joe Burrow had uh, struggles throwing the ball deep Joe Burrow uh, you know most of the time didn't have the time to kind of get to his big play receivers right. And so if we don't fix the offensive line, and by fix, I mean, look, last year was a mess. It's going, it might just be, a sli- if we don't get a top draft pick, if we don't get Sival, it's going to be maybe average, maybe, probably lower. So, I mean, if we don't fix that, what is that even going to do for us? You know, having a, a, a guy who can burn by, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, well, first of all, there's two things I want to ask you about. Yeah, first of all, is that can, can he really take advantage? And second of all, what steps does Joe Burrow have to take to connect on more of those deep balls from his from his perspective? Yeah.
2: Yeah, number one, you can't pin it all on Sewell as for in terms of the hopes or whoever that fifth pick, if it's an offensive lineman, has hopes of turning this uh, offensive line around. There there's more holes than one. And if you're comparing the more impact on this offense as in an entirety, getting one good offensive lineman still leaves you with three other bad offensive linemen. Potentially, we don't know when Trey Hopkins will return. As right now, I'm thinking Billy Price at center. And that is exploitable. That is beatable, right? That That is still a major hole and and a major hurdle for this offense. Adding one receiver right now impacts the receiver group completely. Uh, adding one tight end it impacts the receiving group completely so those guys you could argue will have more of an impact on the offense and, and Joe Burrow's production but you also can't pin it all just on that fifth pick they need to attack free agency it's not even an option it, they can't just say we're going to draft a guy at five and even in, in round two that's not enough they need to go out and get these guys because rookie linemen can be very hit or miss that first year or at least in, in, in definitely in that first half you look at like Andrew Thomas last year the first offensive lineman taken his first half of the year sucked and it probably got the offensive line coach fired and he played a little bit better in the second half, but still comparable to what Bobby Hart you last year. And I know we don't like Bobby Hart and he's probably the symbol of this offensive line in the last three years. And we'd like to move on from that, but we're talking about small bits of, of, of getting better when going to a rookie offensive lineman to what Bobby Hart you last year. Now, know there's no saying Hart will give you that again, because throughout his career, he hasn't been close to that. That was his best career year. So we should expect him to probably regress a little bit, but, but the point is one offensive line, is going to give you drastic improvements. They need to add three, four guys if possible. Two in free agency, two in the draft would sound great. So, in terms of can you get the, the deep ball, I think the misconception also is that you need five seconds to throw a deep ball. It, it's not. The ball comes out in two and a half seconds, 2.25 seconds a lot of times. That's You watch these guys drop back and throw. It, it, there's no pressure there. The ball's getting out before that happens. It's actually so, about getting the yeah, mismatch so, you want first, pre snap, more than anything.
1: Let me just do. I mean, look, I agree. The deep ball comes out pretty fast. But I think the confidence that the offensive lineman has, like when you look when they're, it's, like, it's kind of like their mechanics. The guys that have the best, you know, have most successful deep game, a lot of times it's because they have confidence in their offensive line. And so then they can just kind of go back there and go through their emotions. With the other guys, if they have that time to get the deep ball off, it's kind of like they're taken by surprise, right? Is that fair? I mean, what was it with Joe Burrow then? You know, why was his deep ball inaccurate? Yeah.
2: It has an effect. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you don't feel like you can get to that second or third guy sometimes, maybe the safety jumps on your number one read, right? And now I don't have time to reset and come back the other way and hit a guy on a deep crossing route or whatever the case case may be, right? So I'm thinking of already decided pre-snap reads of, all right, I got one-on-one on on the outside. You drop back, you throw. Offensive line does not affect you at all unless some guy completely falls on his ass at the snap. So at those plays, you can still get deep balls off, and the Bengals did a lot last year, but it ended up being just that Burrow wasn't very good at it, and the receivers weren't very good at it. AJ Green was a disaster on almost every single deep pass. I'd love to make a super cut of just his deep balls from the past year because it was ugly. He uh, missed a lot that were in his range. He could not body through anyone anymore. He could not gain separation. Uh, He didn't go up for any of them. So that is not a helpful situation when you've got a receiver that they kept trying to feature in a lot of games that almost gave you nothing in terms of of production. Any, you could plug in Josh Reynolds into that role, a mid-tier free agent, and you probably get better production out of that receiving group and it helps Burrow's numbers overall. But Burrow can be better. Uh, There was a lot of deep balls that just weren't there. We know arm strength isn't a strength of his, but that also affects your accuracy deep. And I think that did in, in a lot of ways. And I, I do think it can, get, it can get better. And timing with the receivers, not having an offseason at a camp uh, and having a, no A.J. Green because he was injured in, in camp again, it has an effect. So what do you do when Burrow is now injured and may not have a camp in offseason again? I think it's hard to just say he's going to improve. Automatically, without being able to put the time in to do it, and then not have the time to throw at these receivers. So what do you do? You got to elevate the pieces around them. I think you need to add receivers, you need to add offensive linemen to make him better.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the adding Jamar Chase because of that chemistry. You know, I mean, I, I really do believe that some quarterbacks, the nature of the the ball that they throw, fits certain receivers better. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've mm. seen this with Andy Dalton. You know, sometimes people laugh, but I saw that his timing with Brandon LaFell was, was very good. Even though Brandon LaFell was not a, a great receiver, but they had a certain, it was interesting.
2: Inside uh, breaking uh, routes, and, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. LaFell ran up and, 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 and Dalton well.
1: Exactly. There you go. I never knew that was the reason, but that makes sense. But look, so yeah, it was it Jamar Chase. Is there something was there between those two? And so it's possible that adding him would do that and also i don't know this might sound you know kind of you know might seem kind of like a simple solution but you know i know jeff blake trains people to throw the deep ball. i wonder if they would you know if he'd be willing to work with him because you know jeff blake was was only like one and wasn't like a huge guy I and mean, so it's like where is he getting his arm strength he says it's, it's a finesse throw and he has the certain you know mechanics to getting that beautiful rainbow yeah mm-hmm. and so i wonder you know I, I think joe burrow has the same physical strength as jeff blake so he should be I don't know if that's something they'd be looking into. Yeah, You don't need John, uh, any crazy yeah, strong ahead, arm
2: to throw the deep ball. It, it, a lot of it is timing and accuracy. So I, we saw Burrow was really, really good at LSU throwing the deep ball. And I think there's no reason to believe he can't at least get to average in the NFL doing it. And if that's the case, it's going to be a big boost for this offense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean,
1: speaking of big boost, this, you have, being on the show was a big boost for our show. And uh, obviously, we have 25 people watching. That is about twenty more than our average. So, so thank you for everybody for tuning in and watching Joe Goodberry. And honestly, guys, this movement, this the number one Bengals podcast, we're just getting started. Okay, we're just getting started. You've seen nothing yet. Yeah. Okay. So, don't forget to subscribe to the show. And Joe, is there anything? Look, someone commented about your hat. He said, "I love that hat. I want to get a hat like that." You can get Joe Goodberry's hat. This, I think reach out to him on Twitter.
2: More will be coming soon. Yes. Okay. So
1: just just you can you can reach out to Joe and, and get one of those hats and you can subscribe to the show, leave a five star review. That is all we have for this show for John Sheeran and Doctor Haji moji We stepped out. I don't know, probably to to save some uh, some some sort of creatures for uh, some very elitist event and for Joe Goodberry. I'm Daniel Macduff. That is all we have. We'll see you see next time. So long, pies.